the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast. Network. Remember, WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From booster parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Also brought to you by ProudSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive the $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also about to buy PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football player in the United States? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Odds Crowd gives away hundreds of dollars in weekly contests, including the $100 SGPN exclusive free roll contest. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You'll hear for all of our free picks and podcasts. And welcome, everyone, to a second take of the NBA Gambling Podcast <laughs> on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is your host, ZB. I forgot to press record. We recorded for about five minutes prior, <laughs> um, but I'm joined for a Tuesday afternoon episode by Munaf. Munaf, how are you, bro? I'm doing well, man. Look, I know we had we had a uh, Wooj bomb drop right before we got on. I think we were so excited to talk about it. Yep. Um, but like I mentioned, you know, we were we were pre-recording or, or practicing. You know, we're less than 30 days away from the NBA season. This is absolutely crazy, man. I like I said, we were <laughs> two. It feels like we're two weeks removed from the Bucks winning the championship. But now we have training caps are next week for most of these teams. Got a couple of NBA news coming on, but um, I'm excited, man. As much as the NFL has kind of taken over uh, sports media and the Twitterverse, NBA is right around the corner. And I know we started our season previews on the website, but we'll get to that when we kind of wrap up the show. But I'm excited, man. Yeah, me too. You know, I was talking earlier, the NFL is kind of taking over here, but I love the NBA regular season, so I'm jacked up for it. Plan for today's show, we're going to get into the um, Western Conference predictions and kind of slide in these teams into regular season seating. But uh, before we do that, we want to talk about this Ben Simmons news that just dropped. Report coming in from Woj that Ben Simmons is going to be sitting out and uh, staring down into a, into a uh, contest with Daryl Morey. He will not report to training camp, will not play for the regular season. Now, before we got online, I messaged Moon off. I think Rich Paul is an absolute beast. And I, I love to see what he's doing uh, for the players. You responded that Ben Simmons is a crybaby. Um, I know you, we've kind of disputed on Ben Simmons so far this off season. Yeah. So what did you make uh, of this Ben Simmons news and, and what it means for the Sixers here? Yeah. I mean, look, Ben Simmons, I don't think that maybe the fit with the Sixers wasn't right. Right. Because I think that we're in a league where it's more fast paced as a jump shooting league. Right. And Ben Simmons doesn't really have a jump shot. He's more of a guy that finishes around the basket, but then also creates a, I guess a log jam when Joel Embiid, your best player is a post player. And I think it kind of goes back to last season or last year in the playoffs where Ben Simmons kind of passed up a wide open dunk. And I think that's kind of tells you where his confidence was at. And I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a Ben Simmons believer. I know you are. I, I think that I probably need to see it 
for him to be on a different team because once he does get traded, if there is some type of deal that can be reached by next week or whenever that may be, Ben Simmons is going to have that chip on his shoulder, whether it's wherever he ends up, we know whether it's Minnesota, OKC, Toronto, Portland, whatever the case might be, I think he's going to have that chip on his shoulder. So he's going to be able to show out. But I mean, I think that the performance that he had that he should have put in the work this summer showed up to training camp for the Sixers with a chip on his shoulder and ready to prove something for the city of Philadelphia and the Sixers organization. But I think he's kind of taken the soft way out and, and demanded a trade and going somewhere else. And I know there's a, some background stuff to that also, but I mean, I, I need to see Ben Simmons play to the level. I think that most of us expect him to be at, which is an all-star level, but we just haven't seen that with the Sixers. Yeah, and I think we're not going to see it for a while. I mean, we have this fascinating situation now where Ben Simmons, the very unprecedented situation in the NBA, four years left on his deal, you know, a lot of money on that deal as well. And he's now, you know, four years ahead of free agency saying, I'm going to sit out here and I demand to be moved to another team. It's really just a a fascinating moment in the NBA. And we've been waiting to see, you know, these player empowerment type situations are going to start coming earlier and earlier. We saw with James Harden, you know, Jimmy Butler, guys with two years left in their deal, you know, starting to control their destiny. Now we're seeing, you know, a Ben Simmons with four years left in his deal. I mean, I think this is a little bit deeper than that. And the relationship is clearly irreparable between the Sixers and Ben Simmons. Um, You know, I, I put a lot of the blame onto Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers for the comments they made after that series with the Hawks. Now, I think we we kind of disagree on that a little bit. I, I mean, I, I I like the idea of holding people accountable, but to take a shot at somebody, I thought it was a little bit deflective. Now, I, I understand how Ben's feeling. Now, I think you could just as well make the argument, you know, no matter how you're feeling, you got to report to work and, you know, he's under contract here. You know, you're a, six, a member of the Sixers, you know, I understand how he's feeling, and I, I, I kind of appreciate him wanting to leave the situation. It's just very um, difficult now with his value being kind of at an all-time low after that poor playoff performance. Now, I yep. think he's someone. I, I think he's someone who could quickly. I think he's underrated right now and could quickly rehabilitate his value in a situation where he's not being as much under the spotlight. I mean, Philadelphia is one of the elite sports cities in America. A lot of expectations for the Sixers paired along and a win now star like Joel Embiid, who um, want, is ready to win right now. Um, yep. He was under the magnifying glass. I think if he goes to a better situation, you mentioned maybe a potentially rebuilding Toronto team, a Cleveland team, a Minnesota team where he's being more asked to show out in the regular season, not as many playoff expectations. I think we could see him really get back into that superstar conversation. Now he's going to have to figure out how to be a contributor in the second round um, when he gets there again. But I still think he's a great player. The only question for the Sixers is, you know, they, I think Daryl Morey wanted to hold out for Dame Lillard. He's kind of the guy who I think it's very clear he has his eyes set on pairing Dame or even a Bradley Beal type with Joel Embiid to make that push for right now. But right now, Ben Simmons can't get you that. I mean, if you throw in a boatload of first-round picks, maybe he could add up with some, some other stuff. But they're going to probably have to settle for something right now unless Daryl Morey wants to get into a long-term situation. The only issue with that is that, you know, this going to create – Chaos in Philly. Yeah. Um, in that locker room and with guys getting asked about it, you know, every single day, you know, how is this weighing on you? And then you have the other factor that Joel Embiid has had health issues in the past. There's sure. no guarantee. I mean, we're, we're not that far. I mean, remember Joel Embiid in Washington? We thought he blew up his knee again. Last, that yeah. was last year, right? 
Yeah, it was. And he missed he missed like ten to fifteen games, but that looked awful. Um, you know, I Joel Embiid when he's healthy is a is a top five player in the NBA potentially and a, a phenomenal playoff player as well. But um, yeah. the the issue for the Sixers is they can't afford to wait as long as they can. I mean, they really you really need first round um, home court advantage. You don't yeah. want it to, you don't want it to pay the Bucks and this and the Nets. I mean, that would be ideal not to have to do that, but. Um, most likely that's going to be your top two seeds, but you know, that, that there's a lot of pressure on, on the Sixers to be good right away to start this season. And this situation is going to hover over that. I mean, what do you think that they could be reasonably looking at if they make a move now between now and the start of the season? I think there's two different leverages here. And I think Ben Simmons is in a very bad position because the rest of the NBA teams or whoever wants to make the trade, they don't have to make the trade for Simmons and they'd have to give up a premium player because, like we mentioned, that his stock is at an all-time low right now because of his playoff performance and, and the whole saga that happened after the Sixers. So I think more so his ability on the court. Now, for the Sixers and their front office and their organization, they still have four years of uh, of his contract on the belt. So if they're going to sit there and, and be in a staring contest with Ben Simmons and Rich Paul, the Sixers going to be like, okay, go for it we have you under control and we have you under contract. And if you don't show up to practice or, or, you know, games, if it gets to that point, he's not going to get a paycheck, but at the same time, like they they mentioned, they they can also find him. Exactly. Right. So, so you're, he's going to be losing money either way. And then, but on the flip side, you also see that if you're trying to contend and be a championship uh, team and and get to the, at least the conference finals or even the NBA finals, it's not going to happen without, Ben Simmons or getting a return for a type of player like Ben Simmons um, or sorry, a, a trade or a valuable asset back. So I think that Ben Simmons is in a very bad situation right now. I think we can't look at that trade assets because all these other NBA teams are like, okay, well, we're not going to give you up that much because Ben Simmons stock is really low. But like we talked about earlier is that I, I think Toronto for me makes a lot of sense. You know, I think, you know, we talked about with the whole Pascal Siakam, Nick Nurse thing, if that's been patched up or whatever the case might be. Um, I think there's some players there that the that might be attractive to the Sixers. And then if you are rebuilding your franchise, I think like Toronto is, um, I think a good starting point is having Scotty Barnes already there that you drafted. And then also Ben Simmons, if you're able to trade for him and you still have OG and Anobi and some other guys on this roster. So I think Toronto's kind of intriguing. I mentioned the Clippers, but I don't think that there's anything enticing for the uh, for the Sixers to get from the Clippers. Uh, Minnesota, uh, D'Angelo Russell is there. You have some other pieces there. Uh, OKC, with all the draft capital in the world, if that's something that the uh, Sixers want to address and, and get draft capital back. Um Cleveland, again, another team. I think there's a lot of young talent there, right? I, I think that the preference for Daryl Morey and this is experience from him being the GM in Houston that he wants a premium player back along with draft capital. But I don't think that's going to happen right now for all the reasons that we already mentioned for Ben Simmons. Yeah, I don't mind any of those locations for Ben Simmons uh, as a player. I think for the Sixers, they want a premium player, but I wouldn't sleep on the idea of getting a few quality role players in here. I mean, 
I think you look at Tobias Harris as a guy who's definitely going to need to step up in that scenario and be kind of something close to a second star. Um, yeah. But I, I wouldn't hate the idea of, you know, maybe going to Minnesota and, and trying to get, you know, the D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jaden McDaniels package or something along along those lines where you're getting, you know, three or four guys that can play for you in, in the playoffs and be high quality starters. You know, that's some that's the direction they need to go. But you know, we, we'll see how long Daryl Moore is willing to wait and try to drum up some sort of market for him, some competition. I mean, I think teams are going to be eager to lowball the Sixers, right, and try to steal yeah. Ben Simmons for, for you know, 20 cents on a dollar. Now, the Woj report says Philadelphia 76ers all-star Ben Simmons will not report for opening a training camp and intends to never play another game for the franchise. I mean, that's directly to Woj. He seems locked in, hasn't spoken to the team since a late August meeting. Um, so just a very fascinating battle here and one that will be a big storyline for the rest of the league and the future of the league in terms of, you know, how much play, how much players can control their own destiny and, does Daryl Morey have, you know, does he feel like some bigger responsibility here to try to, you know, control the situation? It's going to be interesting to see training camp open soon. And um, this obviously is probably the biggest now drama story in the league. Um, yeah. Any other, any other to- uh, talks on this Ben Simmons? I mean, this can be, this can be a huge story going forward and, you know, it seems like a domino that has to fall. So we will get a, some somewhat of a fun trade, you know, with an, an all-star moving teams, hopefully sometime pretty soon. Do you make a trade for John Wall? I I don't see. I mean, that would be pretty low value. I, I don't think, I don't think they would stoop that low. I mean, John Wall is someone who the upside is high, right? If he's healthy, but we're talking about Houston having to give up a first round pick to move off of the amount of money that John Wall is owed. I mean, that would be very yeah. low return for, for maybe, maybe if it's John Wall and, you know, Christian Woods going to a third team and bringing in more, or you get, you know, maybe Kevin Porter Jr. I don't know if that, you know, something like that, and maybe more interested in. Yeah. I just don't, you know, throwing it out there. I mean, John Wall, obviously, Rockets, we talked about it on the last pod that they're going to be working towards a deal. So, I, you know, that kind of came to mind. But, you know, again, it'll be an interesting week as we get into training camp starting next week. I think we'll get more and more news about this Ben Simmons situation. And uh, I think the pressure might be on. It feels like the pressure is on and it's not on for the Sixers front office, right? Because yeah, we talked about the contract is still there, but uh, hopefully we have, hopefully there are trades that can be worked out and, and we can. Well, it's the Sixers and Ben Simmons and Connie go their separate ways. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just crazy how much transformation the Sixers franchise has undergone. And, you know, to go from the process to the process yeah. finally working and you look like you have this sick team with, you know, Simmons, Butler, Redick, Tobias, and Joel Embiid. I mean, I think there were a lot of people who thought that was like a perfectly constructed championship contender with you know what they brought it really was it was i mean it had its flaws and they're obviously a quiet balance away from potentially you know winning a championship right i mean the raptor the the warriors fell fell apart health-wise that year it was wide open if they win that series and they had times in that series when they turned it on and they looked really good um and that team, I think a lot of people thought that was a contender for years to come. The process finally worked. Yep. And Jimmy's gone. You know, you try this kind of newer team that has made the playoffs every year, been a top-tier contender every year, and it hasn't worked out yet. Um, and now Ben Simmons looks like he'll be elsewhere. So you got to kind of bridge the gap with 
Embiid and Tobias Harris. And I think that a lot of eyes are going to be on Tobias Harris this year. A very, very intriguing player, a guy who, you know, the excuse of the offensive fit with Ben Simmons is going to be gone, right? And he's going to need to produce like a bona fide second star um, offensively and kind of help out this Sixers team. So I'm excited to see how this goes. And Doc Rivers, I mean, welcome to Philly. And this could be a, <laughs> a big time situation to manage here going forward. Um, yeah. But this is, this is, I don't know what, what it is, what it is about the Philly. That's just like so fascinating. Um, they're just a really, there's a fun team to, to talk about and kind of analyze, you know, what's going on there. Yeah. And you know, now, brought in Doc Rivers to kind of put him over the top, and now it's there's a step back now with a, a disgruntled uh, star of your second star of your team. So hopefully, like I said, if they're able to find a trade sooner rather than later, uh, you don't that something lingering into the uh, into the season for the 76ers because, like we said, the, the talent is there with veterans and also a lot of young guys on this team. Um, but like you mentioned, uh, at at who's going to blink first between Rich Paul and Simmons and then Daryl Morey in their front office? So. Um, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that story for sure. Yeah. I mean, some, sometimes like the, the trade drama can get a little bit annoying, but this is like, I'm so e- eager to talk about this. I mean, I felt really bad that I missed the recording, but I think we even had more, a better discussion <laughs> the second time. Um, so I don't yeah. feel as bad now. Hopefully you agree. Let's take a quick break here. And then we're going to come back. We're going to talk through the Western conference and uh, slot some of these teams into projected regular season standings today's episode is brought to you by WinBet. ready to win money and boost your odds WinBet is now live in arizona colorado indiana michigan new jersey tennessee and virginia we're bringing the excitement of win las vegas to online sports betting casino play exclusive rewards right at your fingertips get in all your favorite teams players and sports from nfl nba mlb nhl golf mma wmba college football and more Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Download BetWin, download the WinBet app now, or visit wynnbet.com to start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available. Browse the activity feed to stay in the know. And a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. So a PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win. It just needs to improve in order to make money. So in making your bets, always make sure to go for two, make two tickets in the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming back off the break, um, I thought the West was a little bit easier at the bottom and a little bit tougher uh, at the top as you got into the playoff picture. What, what, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it was easy to kind of define the four to five bottom teams. It was really that middle of the pack because I think, uh, you know, kind of zooming out for the Western Conference between the, we get into the stands, I think there's some injuries that with Jamal Murray we talked about and then with Kawhi Leonard that, you know, which team or which role players and this other supers are going to step up for this team. And I think that this is a discussion we can have when we, we get to those points. But, um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there you have – 
the Western Conference studs, and then you have the middle of the pack, and then you have the duds of the uh, Western Conference. So, um, yeah, the bottom was easy. After when you try to put it from one to one to ten, one to eight, that's where it kind of got difficult for me. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that the the East there was kind of a glob from like four to like eleven, where you yeah. kind of you kind of you could kind of make a case for any of those teams, man. I could see you being really high on the Celtics, the Hornets, the Pacers, the Raptors, yeah. the Wizards, the Knicks. Uh, you know, the Hawks, there are a ton of options here. I thought kind of between like two and eight, there was more of that kind of, or maybe even like four and eight more yeah. of that, you know, true debate. Yeah. And I think it'll be interesting to see where we have kind of the Lakers, the jazz, the Suns. Um, is, is there, a, is there a tier one in the West or is it, is it kind of all, you know, mixed up? Whereas in the East, we obviously had that tier one with Brooklyn and then Milwaukee. Um, go ahead. You want to jump in here? Yeah. I think tier one for the West, um, is there a tier one in the West? Barring health, I think you kind of have to put Lakers at the top of the crop, don't you? I mean, if everybody's healthy with LeBron, AD, it's going to be interesting to see when we talk about it is that the fit of Russell Westbrook and some of the other players that they brought along. Because I think Russell Westbrook is going to have to realize he's going to have to take a step back now and be the third guy of this team. And he's not going to be that triple double guy or player props that we were pounding on last season for uh, Russell Westbrook. But for me, I had to put the Lakers at top, but I know we're going to work what 15 all the way went up to up, up to one, right? Yeah. We're going to go 15 to one. I, I do okay. want to, I do want so there's to tease. We <laughs> could, yeah. I mean, it's, it's impossible not to want to talk about the Lakers too. The Lakers. I think what's fascinating about them is, and I, it's a fascinating question. I mean, if there is a tier one out West, I think if the Clippers were healthy, I maybe would have them with Kawhi at the top of this conference in terms of championship likelihood. Um, okay. And I think the Lakers, I would probably put right there as your tier one now in terms yeah. of championship potential. Yeah. But in terms of the regular season, I don't know if they're separated uh, from some of these other teams. The only thing I will say in terms of the Russ acquisition, we could talk about this more when we get to it and we, we should save this for the, that part of the podcast, but yeah, I, I'll open the question. I mean, I think Russ was more of a regular season edition than a playoff edition. Um, so we, we kind of, yeah, I'll leave that out on the table, but let's go to the bottom of the conference. Russell Westbrook, two teams that he's played for, I'm guessing are involved in, in this bottom five here. So <laughs> what was your uh, 15? I guess that's through 11. Um, so out missing the play in entirely headed to the lottery. Yeah, this was tough. Uh, well, not the bottom two, but I, 15, I went OKC. 14, I went Houston. 13, I went with the Spurs. And then 12, I went uh, T-Wolves. And then 11, I went Pelicans. Okay, so I, I had the same five teams, although I had Minnesota in the play-in. And I had uh, new. I had San Antonio in the... In the um, 13. Sorry, Sacramento. Yeah. So I, I I had OKC fifteen, Houston fourteen, okay. Sacramento okay. thirteen, okay. San Antonio twelve, New Orleans okay. eleven. So I mean, let's just start off here. I mean, I think OKC is going to be worse than Houston. Are you you're on board with that as well? Yeah, I am for sure. Um, I think the talent for the Rockets is far more superior than it is of the OKC. At least for quote unquote the qu- the crappy win now teams. I think the Rockets have more quote unquote win now between the bottom crappy teams, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, me, me too. I mean, I, are you concerned at all about 
a full year of Shea Gilders Alexander healthy and and what that can mean for OKC. You know, they, they seem to be well coached. Any chance that they surprise and kind of win more games than expected, maybe? Who's the second best player you think of this on the Thunder? <laughs> That's the biggest question for me. Yeah, right? no, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure to be honest. Yeah, and I don't know either, right? Obviously, it's SGA, and there's just like a significant drop-off to the next player for, for the OKC Thunder. Look, I think the biggest question for, I think, both of us is, and, and for other NBA people that analyze is when are they going to cash in on their all their draft picks? Yep. Because they have so much draft capital at a point where if they don't get the number one pick this in the upcoming draft and start building because – Shea, yeah, Shea is still young, but these years of not being competitive, by the time they're able to compete, he might be 26, 27 years old. I mean, still in his prime, but again, you paid him a lot of money. God forbid he, he has a, a, a huge injury that you know puts him out for the season, but I think, think it's going to come to the point where we kind of need to figure out, oh, okay, so he's second best player and when they're going to cash in on all their uh, draft capital. Yeah, so I, I I had them at 15 as well. So I agree with you. Okay, OKC's win total at 23 and a half right now. Rocket to 26 and a half. So we're on board there. So I went Sacramento, San Antonio, New Orleans in terms of uh, worst to best. You had Minnesota in there. So what, what what was your order? I had so after that I have the Spurs at 13. I had the T Wolves at 12, and then Pelicans at 11. So I'm higher on the on the Kings this coming season. Uh, I guess then you are, uh, uh, and then Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, so let's let's talk about San Antonio then for a bit. We we both had them missing the plane entirely. I think yeah. so. I, I think they actually could be a, a, a Popovich type competitive team, um, especially on the, on the defensive end. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're full on in tank mode, but then you kind of take a look at the roster. I mean, who's really creating offense for this team in a, in a consistent exactly. way? I mean, I think we kind of forget how vital Demar Derozan was to this team last year. And how much he meant to them offensively. I mean, I think they have a lot of nice young pieces. You know, your Dejounte Murray, Derek White backcourt. That's kind of cute, very good defensively. But like offensively, there's really not a lot here. I think they're going to yeah. have a really tough time scoring. Um, so I, I, I thought about you know making a case for them and kind of pushing them up towards the play-in. I think that Vegas is a little bit higher on them. I mean, their win total is, I guess, actually lower. I mean, twenty-nine and a half. Uh, so mm-hmm. for them. I think we're kind of right around there if we if we look at this uh, where, where we both had them in the conference. What are your thoughts on the Spurs? I mean, we both had them missing the playoffs, uh, you know, so yeah. both kind of low on them. Yeah, a lot of young talent, like you mentioned, especially at the guard position, right? Like you mentioned, Dejounte Murray, Derek White. Um, you add, and then I think you're building blocks for the future. Obviously, going to be Kelvin Johnson. I think he should take a, a step forward next season. Um, you drafted Josh, uh, Josh Primo. I think that was kind of a head scratcher for both of us. Let's not forget uh, they still have a uh, Devin Vassell on this team out of Florida State last season that they drafted Lonnie Walker, the fourth. A um, lot of talent. I think they have some trade pieces, but I, what's the incentive for the Spurs to compete? I mean, they, I think they would rather you know get a high draft pick, get another franchise type of player, and and pair them with with a couple of guys that they have on this roster that part of their future plan so do you think it's going to come to a point where murray may get traded and they really go with the younger guys on this roster if the right trade came along because he is 25 i mean he's still young but you have some of the other players like Lasell's 21 lonnie walker 22 uh kelvin johnson 21 yeah i think 
whether it's DeJounte Murray, I feel like they're kind of a sneaky team to make a, like a trade that consolidates some of their young, like they have so many options, right? They, they have to like yeah. pick a few of these guys and run with them as like our guys, right? Like yeah. they have how many guards they need, do they need to give minutes to to kind of figure them out? Like there's just so many bodies in this, in this backcourt, especially, but on this team as well, you know, at the wing too, I like Keldon yeah. Johnson. I like Devin Bissell. I mean, they have a lot here, like you said, a lot of young talent, but seems like a good year for them to kind of take a step back. I mean, you look at all three of the teams we've talked about so far could easily be a Ben Simmons destination. And, you know, the next team we could talk about, you know, Sacramento, Minnesota, th- there was, those guys are in that conversation as well. So the bottom half of the West, I think actually has a lot of Ben Simmons potential destinations, just kind of yeah. tying it back. Um, Sacramento. So I had them at 13. I think I'm a little bit lower on Sacramento to me. Okay. I mean, I think people are excited about this De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton backcourt. Yeah. You know, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, he, you know, ha- showed a lot of flashes as a rookie, love the three point shooting, love the poise, love the, love the, all the assist numbers. He's not like a bona fide number two option, you know, at this stage in his career. Right. And even De'Aaron yeah. Fox, I don't really see him as that great of a primary guy i mean their win totals up at 36 and a half i think it could go under that for sure um you know they kept buddy heel they bring in davion mitchell but i'm not i think similar to the spurs here i'm not seeing that that, that top end of talent that i see with teams compared to you know your minnesota and your new orleans where they have guys that i could really see being you know pushing for a top 10 top 15 player in the nba type of season so i had sacramento uh here at 13 even behind san antonio um I know you had them in the play-in, so you know. Do you yeah. want to disagree now, or should we should we talk about New Orleans for a sec? Yeah, we could get to New Orleans first, and then we'll I guess we will work our way up to the uh, to the play-in tournament teams. There we go. So we we, we both had New Orleans missing the play-in uh, entirely, which would be a, a really tough pill to swallow for them. Obviously, strike out on Kyle Lowry, um, bring in Devonte Graham in a weird trade, but you lose Lonzo. Swap Jonas uh, or swap Jonas Valanciunas in for Stephen Adams out. Um, it feels like they 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 probably expect to be in the in the back end of the playoff mix this year, and I think anything less would be disappointing. Win total is at thirty nine and a half, so above Sacramento even. I think we're both a little bit low on this team. What makes you pessimistic about them this year? Yeah, I think there's more questions about this team than answers, right? And I think the first thing was that the trade that they made for Devonte Graham. I mean. He's a great player, but I, I think that obviously you would you rather have Lonzo Ball over Devontae Graham? I, I think hundred times out of hundred, you would rather probably have Lonzo. Yeah. Um, the question is, I mean, we talked about when we wrapped up the season last year was uh, is Zion and uh, Bi going to be the future of this franchise, and are they going to be able to coexist? Because we heard things last last season that they weren't really getting along or, or trying to figure out who the alpha of this team is. And I think for me, at least I think it's Zion for this team because he's just such a great player. Um, and then the players around them, I don't think there's much there. I, I, you have Jackson Hayes. Okay. But Kira Lewis jr. Is interesting for the uh, Pelicans, but when you have a new head coach coming in also, now you have yeah, a really green. brand new. Yeah. Now you have a brand new system that you're implementing. So I think, they're going to go through a few growing pains and who knows, maybe BI gets traded by the trade deadline. Who knows? I mean, there's surprises every day in the NBA. Who knows if BI or, or, you know, we've heard Zion is not happy in new Orleans. So uh, it could become that BI is the next guy to ask for a 
trade from New Orleans and go to a team that can use the services. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of where I am with the Pelicans. I think I have more questions than answers right now about this team and this organization. Yeah, totally agree. New coach, new point guard. Uh, the BI Zion fit is still like not a proven success at all. Um, so I'm a little bit down on this team. You know, I think the questions about Zion will persist. I think, but the variable here also is that you could see Zion turn into like a top 10 player in the NBA type candidate. Um, yeah. Similar to how I feel about Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota, who, who we could talk about, um, you know, I feel like for them, the, 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 like you said, there's a lot of questions, and the only real answer to me is Zion sort of making another leap. Um, and that's there to pencil for that. I'm not going to bet on that, um, but that is the case there. But agree with all you had there. Let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and get to this play-in picture where we had a uh, two opposite teams we could talk about. Today's episode is also brought to you by Keeps. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications are going to be delivered straight to your door every three months you don't have to leave your home to low cost guys treatments start at just ten dollars per month keeps also offers generic versions discreet packaging and proven results keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and prevention is key because treatments can take four to six months to see results so act fast if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss go to keeps k-e-e-p-s dot com slash sgp to receive your first month of treatment for free that's keeps.com slash sgp to get your first month free keeps.com slash sgp we're also brought to you by pixwise pixwise the number one app for sports betting picks held by a team of trend watching data devouring Sports fanatics giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction they've got for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays. You can find in-depth analysis on every game, all for free. Found your pick. Search the latest sportsbook promotions to sign up an account. Compare the odds and finally place your bet. So download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. PicksWise. Facts responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, coming back off the break. I'm assuming, did you have Sacramento in that 10 spot? I am at 10, yeah. All right, so I had Minnesota at 10. So we'll let you start there first. What's the pot? I gave kind of the downside case for Sacramento. What's your upside case for Sacramento um, in terms of making the play? And I think that would be a successful season for them. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, number one, for the Sacramento Kings, they have a plethora of guys on the offensive end that can really perform, right? And I'm higher on De'Aaron Fox than I think maybe you are. I think that he's an alpha on this team. I think he's their best player on this team. Uh, but for the Kings, I think that if they're going to be able to buy in on the defensive end uh, of the basketball, I think that's where they really need to make the improvement and can kind of get into that play in tournament. Um, you know, you added Mitchell to this, to this team. I think that he's going to be a great guy off the bench for you. You're able to uh, re-sign Sean Holmes, um, you still have Buddy Hill, who may was in trade rumors with the Lakers before the Westbrook trade went down, so he might not be on this roster. And Harrison Barnes are so I, I, I do like this team. Um, you know, your backcourt with Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox, something that gets me excited. Halliburton, I don't think right now is that number two guy on this roster, but when you still have Harrison Barnes and you still have Buddy Hill on this team that can still put up points for me, if they're able to buy in on the um. The, on the defense side of the basketball, I think that they can sneak in as a 10 seed as the, uh, as a play in tournament team, I, I, Minnesota, I, I'm not a believer 
in their head coach, but I think that's saying that I don't believe in Luke Walton either, but I just like that this team of these Kings better than I do of the Wolves. Yeah. Unproven coaches here for, you know, New Orleans, Sacramento, um, and Minnesota. I think San Antonio, obviously one of the most proven coaches of all time. I'll make the case for Minnesota here. I mean, I, I, this guy, Carl Anthony Towns has not been healthy and he has to stay healthy. Um, yeah. but when healthy, I, I think this team, it can be pretty good. Um, I like the fit with D'Angelo Russell. I think he kind of bought in more. And I, I like what they brought in. I mean, I think Patrick Beverly is sneaky, one of the bigger acquisitions of this offseason in terms of, you know, this group of teams. I, I think Pat Bev can come in right away. He can play alongside some of these young guys um, and, and bring kind of a defensive floor to that perimeter, help out Carl and any town so he doesn't have to clean up other people's messes. And offensively, they could be, you know, phenomenal. Um, and I, I think we kind of got – Burned by looking into that, look or I, I looked ahead to that last year and it kind of bought into this team. I think this year I'm going to do it again. I mean, with Anthony Edwards taking the steps he did at the end of last season, he looks like a really dynamic wing player. Mm-hmm. You had D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt. You have some shooting here with Malik Beasley. Pat Beverly could be a, a catch and shoot guy. Um, and then I also look at someone like Jaden McDaniels who could maybe take the leap and kind of fill in, be another d- additional defensive piece. Um, so if Carl Anthony Towns is healthy, um, I, I like this team to just be pretty solid. And um, to me, that's a, it's a little bit higher than the rest of the rest of this group. Um, so I have them making that 10 seed to play in. I think for both these teams, it would be phenomenal to get into the play-in game and just get a taste of some postseason, postseason, you know, opportunity, not even success necessarily, because yeah. you know you're just going to get you know waxed in the first round by that one seed, anyways. But I, I like Minnesota this year. I think you had Sacramento there. So interesting disagreement there. Um, all kind of similar win totals here. Minnesota, what are they at? They're at 33 and a half. Um, Sacramento, 36 and a half. So some of you know, books a little bit yeah. higher on Sacramento, agreeing with you there. So let's move to uh, who'd you have in the nine spot um, you know, in that other end of the non-playoff but play-in team? Yeah, I went with Memphis here at number nine. Okay, um, yeah, I Again, they they made a whole bunch of moves in this offseason that were kind of just it seemed like just making moves for the sake of making a move, right? And I think the big one was obviously the swap of uh, Valanciunas for Steven Adams. Um, but again, for this team, I think it's going to be about, you know, health. And we saw Morant miss time last season with an ankle injury. He didn't have Triple J for about 75, 80% of the season. Um but there's a lot of great potential on this team, right? Led by John Morant and uh, Triple J. I think if those two guys are able to stay healthy, you, you kind of look at the pieces around them, starting with Dylan Brooks, uh, Desmond Bain. I know a guy that you really like. Um, DeAnthony Milton. They added Jared Culver, I believe, to this roster also. Yep. Um, so the, the the opportunity and the potential is certainly there for this team. And I think that they have a great head coach that can really put it together. Again, Killian Tilly, Xavier Tillman, uh, they drafted uh, Zaire Williams. So a lot of great potential on this team. Now it's, I think Taylor Jenkins has to really put it together for this roster. And I think they can you know, really compete for that nine, the ninth seed, that eighth seed in the Western Conference. Yeah, I, I, I have them in the ninth seed. I think they're going to be about what, they, what they've been. Um, so I'm, I'm not you know, down on this team per se. I do think that they are kind of – they, I, I wonder what their next move is, if, if that makes sense. I mean, they yeah. kind of have – they've assembled a lot of depth. I mean, the amount of names that you just listed off, all guys that I like. I mean, they have yeah. a, lot, a lot of nice young pieces. They've hit 
for value in the draft. And that's been impressive and fun to follow with, you know, your Xavier Tillman, your Brandon Clark, your, you know, your Desmond Baines, your, your John Conchar, you know, your development success stories that I love uh, to see. Um, but the, the, the question for me is, I mean, Yes, John Morant is phenomenal, and we saw him in the play-in game last year go toe-to-toe with Steph Curry, look amazing on the national stage. Um, I mean, I, I'm very, very high on John Morant. My question is, you know, who's going to be the number two on this team? Who's the number three? I mean, they have so many kind of bodies, but no, no, no sort of proven hierarchy of, you know, who's going who's gonna to take this team to the next level in terms of, yeah. you know, the great Memphis team that they're building towards. I don't really know who's going to be a part of that, who's going to be in that rotation. I think Jaron Jackson Jr., someone coming back healthy, you know, he needs to have a big year. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he fits with Steven Adams. You know, not as much of a shooting threat, you know, is Adams – um, as, as Jonas Valanciunas, who was really good for this team. Um, so I think that's an interesting kind of switcheroo in their roster to follow. Um, but I'm looking for some of these young guys to step up and kind of take the reins of, of who's going to have these rotation spots going forward. So I think they can be about what they were last year. I mean, Johnny's Jaws, another guy, he had a really scary injury last year that ended up being, I think, less than 15 games missed. Um, and he, he looked great coming back off it. So I think they're going to be in this nine spot again, but I would probably have them in, in a significant tier below any of the playoff teams. Are you on board with that as well? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so who did you have? Um, let's go with the, the first-round road teams, eight through five. Yeah, I went with Dallas at eight. I went with Portland at seven. Uh, I went Clippers at six and Denver at five. Okay. It, very interesting. We have we have some disagreement here, um, and, and interesting. We did have all the you know up to this point, we've had all the same teams. We, we so we have, we have the same eight playoff teams. I think that's, yeah. that's probably going to be you know par for the course in terms of what you see. I had the Clippers at eight. Um, you had them at six. I had Dallas yeah. at six. You had the Clippers at, and and you had Dallas at eight. So we yeah. switched to eight and six there. I had the Warriors at seven. You had Portland seven. Um, yeah. I actually had Portland at four. Um, so looking okay. forward to, to seeing there, but let's start with Dallas. I mean, I had them at six, you had them at eight. I think and, and, and another eight seed would probably be pretty disappointing for them. I mean, they yeah. didn't make the splash they wanted to this offseason. Our team that chased Kyle Lowry, Chase Spencer Dinwiddie didn't get either, end up re-signing Tim Hardaway, um, bring in Reggie Bullock, who I think is gonna be a nice playoff piece for them. Um, but you're not you're not feeling the regular season success here. Yeah, I just feel like that they we, we talked about this again last season. We kind of wrapped it up is that they need to get a star player next to Luca. And how much can you rely on? I mean, Luca, top five player in this league for sure. Um, but again, you need to pair him with another superstar on this team. And I think that whole you know KP thing with with Porzingis about him not feeling, I guess, like the co-star or whatever the disconnect was between these two players. Um, and again, the health with KP, right? We we're not sure if we're ever going. to to get a full season out of this guy again um you have tim hardaway jr who had a fantastic playoff run last year for the for the uh for the mavericks um you added reggie Bullock, another shooter around um uh, around uh luca but other than that i just feel like they didn't do anything uh i love the acquisition of moses brown to anchor that front court that center position i think this is a guy that we had talked about towards the end of the season in a, a, a area of need that the Dallas Mavericks need to address. And I think they did that with, with Moses Brown. Um, but other than that, I just feel like these, some of these other teams that have about two stars above them. I think that's where I kind of had 
Dallas at the eighth seed. And I wanted to put the Clippers lower than I did, but it, it just didn't doesn't feel right because it's still the Clippers. I mean, they have guys on that roster, but at least for me, Dallas, I put at eight. I think seven and eight was, I think, interchangeable for me. Yeah, I think some of these teams are pretty interchangeable for me too. I, I had Dallas at six. I'm not necessarily that high on them. I feel like this is kind of where they've been. So I didn't feel like yeah. I was dropping them or, or they've been kind of in the six, seven, eight hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it doesn't sound like you're that low on them either. I mean, you're still out of Motier above Memphis. Um, yeah. I think the big question for them, the swing piece is going to be, does Porzingis kind of rediscover himself? I, I, I think he has a chance to. The question is going to be, is he healthy? Um, how's that relationship with Luca? I mean, that's obviously something to monitor as well. Yeah. Bring in Jason Kidd as the head coach. That's going to be yeah, a huge, new head coach. huge, you know, that's going to be another really interesting coach to kind of follow. Um, but I think there's enough here with Luca, like you said, being a top five player. I had him at six. Um, we, let's talk about the Clippers. I mean, I had them at eight. And I, I fell in love with the Clippers during the playoffs last year. I mean, the, the type of ball they were playing against that against the Jazz when they beat the Jazz without Kawhi Leonard and they were just flying around, um, playing just beautiful basketball, kicking out for threes. I think if they can kind of play that way for the entire season, I think they can still be really good even without Kawhi Leonard. Now, mm-hmm. if I had to guess, I don't think Kawhi Leonard comes back at all this regular season. Um, okay. Ty Lue seems like a phenomenal coach. I mean, are you factoring in a Kawhi return here at six, uh, you know, or at eight? You know, what do you kind of yeah. make of this team in the regular season next year? Yeah, I mean, there's still players on this team. We know Paul George, obviously, is going to be your number one now going forward. And I just kind of do like the more pieces around him, right? I think Terrence Mann is a guy that may have a big season for the Clippers. Um, if they're able to get a healthy Serge Ibaka back, I think that's you know, going to help yep. them. I think the biggest question mark is where you're going to get out of Eric Bledsoe and uh, Reggie Jackson for this uh, upcoming season because you won't have um, uh, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, with the with the injury. And I think Reggie Jackson had a coming out party last year in the playoffs. And I think the contract that he that he signed with the Clippers to re-up with them, I think, was, was well-deserved because of the performance that he had. But now it kind of has to translate. I think now he has to really step up going into the season without Kawhi Leonard. So I think those two guys are going to be really, really key for the Clippers going into next season. Um, you know, I mean, you still have, you know, veterans on this team. Marcus Moore is uh, Marcus Moore senior. Who's a guy that can still get buckets for you. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, I think he'll be at the tail end of the bench, but I still like Luke Kennard again, another guy that I think should get more playing time. But I think the coaching uh, for Ty, with Ty Lue, I think kind of puts, that's what kind of putting me above some of the teams like Portland and Dallas, just because they have brand new head coaches. Yeah, um, the the other thing for them is Paul George hasn't been that healthy, you know, recently. Yeah. So he, he'll, have to, he'll have to stay healthy, and I, I think he can. And I, I love Paul George. I I think we saw without Kawhi Leonard, he also kind of took another step as a superstar. Didn't take another step, but rediscovered that extra step that he seemed to have been missing. Yeah. Um, I had the Warriors at seven, um, and you had Portland at seven. We both had Denver at five. Did you have the Warriors at four? No. Wow. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll make the case against Golden State here, and then we can, okay. we can touch on some of the other teams. I mean, I think without, without Clay Thompson being a sure thing, um, I'm not loving the amount of help that Steph Curry has. I think he, you know, he had an unbelievable year last year, a borderline MVP, an MVP type season. Didn't end up winning it because Jokic was that ridiculous. But Steph Curry really put this team on his back last year. 
But to me, I, I just think they kind of made a, a miscalculus with that by not going out and getting a surefire another piece for this team. They still have the exact same issue they had last year. This James Wiseman question is Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. Are these guys ready right now? Um, and, and so to me, this kind of seems like the Steph Draymond show. And now, I still think they could be a dangerous team that no one wants to play. But remember, this is a play-in team last year. Like, I don't really see them taking that much of a step forward. Um, you know, you brought in your Otto Porter, your Andre Iguodala. Um, I like those additions for a playoff series, but they're kind of like fringe guys. You can't necessarily count on them per se anyways. Um, I do think Jordan Poole will make a leap, yeah. but like – I think Golden State's going to be better than they were last year. They just they weren't a seven seed last year. Um, they were, I believe, they were the eight seed last year, right? They were. Uh, yeah, I think that. Yeah, they were eight. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I, so I'm just not crazy about this team. I think they'll be about what they were last year. Um, I think they're uh, clearly. I mean, some people like them a lot. You have them bumped up a lot. Um, go ahead and and make the case for Golden State, and why don't you reveal where you had them? Yeah, I actually have Golden State at number three, and okay, I, I, you're getting Clay back, but I know it's coming off of two catastrophic injuries, right? And for, well, what I've been reading about Clay is that he, he looks really good in his rehab. He's going to yeah, be that's true. ready for training camp. So um, I'm I'm still kind of putting a bandaid on uh, Clay Thompson here, but I, I like what the the vets that they brought in and with with Iguodala I think that getting coming back to the Bay City with Golden State that familiarity is going to be key for the um for the Warriors with Steph Curry and Draymond I I, I think the Otto Porter signing is really, really underrated because he's a great shooter um, and then you have a, a lot of young talent on this team with the names that you mentioned right and I think Jordan Poole is going to be that guy that takes that next leap yep probably a guy that's coming off the bench for you Moses Moody Jonathan Kaminga um one of those two is probably going to be on their on their uh G League team but you know Juan Toscano Anderson another guy that's calling kind of like Draymond Green-esque um I really like the pieces on this roster so if Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are, are going to be healthy all season long or for most of the season I think they can get back to the form that they had when they were um you know winning 60 plus games I'm not saying that they are going to win 60 this year because the Western Conference I think there's more balance, but, um, you know, let's not forget, you still have James Wiseman and you still have Andrew Wiggins. So I think the depth is really good on this team. And then it's, if, it, if it's going to be led by Steph Curry, Draymond Green and uh, Clay Thompson, I think this team can be, again, a top four, top three seed again in the Western Conference. Yeah, I, I, I agree. They can definitely have a lot of championship potential, like be, or not necessarily championship, but being a team that no one wants to play in the first round or, none, you know, yeah. could make a run in the playoffs. I, I'm, I'm, I'm high on that possibility. I think the regular season is going to be tough ass just with how much that would require of Steph. But, you know, I definitely see the case. I think James Wiseman is a guy who, if he makes a leap, that could be a big variable for this team. Um, I think Jordan Poole is someone we expect to make a leap. That's obviously if he if he can make a CJ McCollum type jump, you know, a guy that we saw, you know, kind of emerge as a as a silky scorer at that two guard position can take some of the creation load. Like that could be a huge development for them um, and Clay's health as well. Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll uh, get to some of these more some more of these teams in the Western Conference. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, the favorite daily fantasy app, SGPN. It's fast, it's easy, and all it starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat production. The more players you pick, the more you can win up to 10 times your money. Prize Picks is the only way to play. I know Moonoff and Dan have their prop cast going over on SGPN, so get some of those action, you know, the, the player props they have, and... Um, 
we can uh, enter those into pit prize picks. Hopefully get some winners this Sunday. Use promo code SGP to receive a 100% instant deposit, instant deposit match up to $100. That's prize picks, promo code SGP, 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Bucks. We're also brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by wireless providers, if we learned anything, it's there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees instead. Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. That's mintmobile.com slash sportsgp to cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. Mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. All right, coming back off the break, I think we're going to have a very similar disagreement, but flipped. Um, I had Portland at four um, and you had them at seven. I think, you know, kind of a, a similar take that I think we you had on the Warriors and, and and flipped with you what's the case against Portland I mean they were a six seed last year so it's not like you're you know world shocking here by having them at seven I have them at four um yeah what's your case for for having Portland but lower in the seating yeah as I'm looking at my list I feel like I have them a little too low here I would probably put them above the Clippers and possibly Denver so probably bump them up to maybe five or six um but, uh, I mean, it, it's a new head coach, and I think that – I don't know, man. There's just something that – I feel like there's something needs to, like, click for this Portland team, which hasn't in the past. And I'm not sure that – with the injuries that they've battled, right? They, they they didn't have Nurkic last season. I think that, you know, Lillard and both McCullough missed some games last year. Um, I love the acquisition of Larry Nance on this team at that powered, yep. powered forward position to kind of, kind of shore up that front court. Um, and then you re-sign Norman Powell. So, you know, the more I'm kind of looking at it, I'm kind of trending towards where you kind of have them possibly at number five for me. But I think this is a big year for Portland, man. I think because of what we heard about Damian Lillard in the offseason, about him saying that he's committed at least probably for another season with Portland. So I think that Portland is going to be a team that we have to keep an eye on. CJ McCollum, some way, somehow, I think needs to take another big step in his career and kind of take some of that pressure off of Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard has been that guy for the Portland Trailblazers, I don't know, for how many years now. CJ is good. I mean, he's 30 years old now, but I think that he kind of needs to take some of that pressure off of CJ McCollum. You added a guy like um, Norman Powell on this roster, so probably help with that depth, but... Um, yeah, I'm trending towards having them at the that 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 five six range. I know you have them at number four. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said about him. I think the Dame the Dame thing has really seemed to quiet down, right? I think we yeah. earlier in the offseason we were looking at this win total, and it's like, okay, this is kind of like the Rockets last year, where it's kind of halfway in between. Like, is Dame going to be going to be there or not? It, I think you know he never really asked 
he, I think he never went so far as to like demand a trade. And I think that was an emotional playoff series loss with him playing as well as he did and kind of everyone else playing that badly, you know, in that, in that loss to Denver, he literally put up one of the most legendary offensive performances we've ever seen, like in a game. And yeah. that was probably that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen now thinking back on it and his teammates played so poorly. I think it was kind of an emotionally tough loss for him. He kind of flirted with the asking out. Then he went right into team USA. And now he seems to be, it's really quieted down out of Portland. It seems like he's bought in for the season. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily expect the trade to blow up this, uh, this playoff seating. And, you know, I think when healthy, and this team wasn't that healthy last year, C.J. McCollum is a guy who was having a career year last year before he got hurt, right? He averaged 28 points in the month of December, 26 points in the month of January. Then he gets yeah. hurt, um, doesn't come back till March, and then he's more of a 20-per-game per uh, player the rest of the year. But he was, you know, breaking out, shooting over 40% from three, um, having a big-time year. You add Norman Powell, another guy who played well in a Blazers uniform and has another offseason under his belt, new coach, so he can kind of find his identity for himself and this team. Love the Larry Nance acquisition. And I think if healthy, yeah. with the, if healthy, I like this team a lot and see no reason why they shouldn't be that consistent, um, you know, five-seed or better in out west, um, you know, getting a six-seed last year with injuries. You know, hopefully yeah. Nurk another year back off his devastating injury. So I'm high on this Portland team. I had them at four. Um you you said you might move them up, so I I, th- I think they're they're going to yeah. be in the, in the, right in the thick of things here. We both had Denver at five. Um, I think that that feels about right. I mean, we I think mm-hmm. we love the depth on this team and we love yeah. Jokic, but um, not maybe enough top end talent to vault them into this in this top three. What are your thoughts on uh, Denver? I think five is a pretty good spot for them. Yeah, I think that that's a a great spot. I mean, you have the the reigning MVP on this team, Nicole, uh, uh with the Joker. Um, you know, he's just a very durable guy. He doesn't seem to get hurt. He, he doesn't take nights off. So I, I really love that. And then we talked about Michael Porter Jr. taking that next step along with Aaron Gordon. So I think when you have those type of players on this roster, along with the reigning MVP, uh, you're going to be in a good situation. And I think there's uh, a lot of dogs on this team outside of those three guys, guys like, you know, your guy, Campazzo. I think if he's going to be the starter, Austin Rivers is a very serviceable point guard to have point guard slash shooting guard to have on this team. Uh, I'm looking for Monte Moore to have a big season in the absence of Jamal Murray for yep. the uh, Denver Nuggets. A lot of a guy that has a lot of great potential. I know we talked about last week uh, with the extension of Aaron Gordon. I think he needs to take that leap also. And I think having a full off season with the, with, with Mike Malone and him, Mike Malone finding the right situation and the role for Aaron Gordon, I think that's going to play really well for them. And then the two green signings that we talked about, you know, Jamichael Green and yep. Jeff Green, I think that's great depth to have. And then a lot of young talent on this team with the um, w- with the draft pick of Highland. You have Marcus Howard. Um, so, you know, I, I really like the roster in the, in the construction of this team. So looking for, you know, Porter and Gordon to kind of take that next step and help out the Joker. But I think five is a good spot for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I think they'd be happy to get to five, especially if that means they're kind of rounding into form late with Jamal Murray getting healthy. Um, I think the goal for them is going to be try to get him ramped up late in the regular season and maybe see if he can, he's ready to go for a playoff run. Um, but I think for this team, I think what's going to hold their floor is they're so deep. And, you know, you're already 
pretty much guaranteed to be good with Nikola Jokic on the floor and how much of how good he is offensively. This starting five is going to be just fine. Like you said, Michael Porter Jr. taking another step forward, Aaron Gordon hopefully doing that. But I think the starting yeah. five is going to be just fine. And you have the luxury. They're not going to get killed with with in this second unit. And that's such a nice luxury to have during the regular season. They have a second unit that I think could like be a not terrible, um, you know, lineup out there you're going to have michael green jeff green um and then a lot of competition between you know your pj dozier your austin rivers you know your marcus howard your bones highland your zeke naji um they're just going to have a lot of options for that second unit i think they're going to be really good uh in able to feast in that bench situation definitely a team that's going to be fun to watch you know throughout games and so i'm excited for this denver team they get to five that'd be a major success for them i think and then see what happens with jamal murray Let's take one more break here and we'll get to our top fours. Today's episode is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? The folks at Odds Crowd are challenging you to prove it this football season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Each week of the season, there's a $350 NFL contest and a $250 contest as well. The boys at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest prop at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just live fantasy betting contests. The social app for sports bettors, free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set a private fantasy contest with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. Lastly, we're also ready by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break. So you said you had the Warriors at three. Um, I said I had Portland at four. So who did you have at number four? I had the Phoenix Suns at four. Okay, um, and I, I, I had the Phoenix Suns at three, so that's perfect. We can talk about them next. Uh, yeah, four will be a step back for them. Um, I had them at three, so pretty similar. Uh, what do you make of their regular season next year? Yeah, I mean, when you have Chris Paul on your roster, obviously that's going to oh, the contract section done now. Um, that's out of the way. So, you know, anytime you have Chris Paul on your roster, you're always going to have a chance to win every single night because we, I think one of the best point guards that has ever played this game. Yep. I, I, for me, for the Suns, I just feel like they didn't do enough to maybe add another type of score that we talked about that they needed in that second unit, maybe, or alongside Chris Paul and Devin Booker, because Chris Paul, he does get hurt during the season. He's going to have some of those injuries just because he's getting up there in age and, and he has a history of injuries. But, um, you know, Mikael Bridges probably needs to take that next step for the for the Suns. Uh, DeAndre Aiden has another great season under his belt. I think that he's going to take another guy or another guy that's going to take a big step forward for this team. But outside of that, I just going to feel like they didn't really add a playmaker for me. I mean, they had more role players. They got Landry Shamit. They got JaVale McGee at that backup point guard position. Um, Chandler Hutchinson, another guy that they added. So for me, if they were able to add another playmaking guard on this team, I think that I probably would have had them higher, but I expect Phoenix to be back in, in the, in the mix, uh, competing for a top four seed in the Western conference. And then maybe again, making a run in the, um, in the NBA uh, playoffs in the Western conference next season. Yeah. I think with Phoenix, they're a team that I, I actually kind of am probably a little bit lower on them in terms of like championship potential uh, than most. I mean, I think yeah. last year, a lot of things broke their direction in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know how good I necessarily think they were. I mean, they're a phenomenal team, but in terms of a, you know, a title 
a title type team. I don't know if I see them as that caliber, but in terms of a regular season, I mean, it's easy to forget, but they were a two seed. They were right there with the Jazz all season, pushing at their heels for the number one seed. And they're a good regular season team. And I agree with you. I, I think the top end, of the, the top end um, scoring potential on this roster, they could have used another, another piece of pop in that. Um, yeah. But then they have enough to be really good in the regular season again. So I've met three, I've met four. You know, I think we're both, you know, still pretty high on them, obviously, having them in this position. It wouldn't be too far of a drop. And I think they'd probably be pretty happy to hang around this, you know, first round home court. That leaves a, a top two for us of the Lakers and Jazz. I had the Lakers at two and the Jazz at one um, for the regular season. Is that what you had as well? I had the other way. I had the uh, Jazz at two and the Lakers at one. Okay. All right. So it's a disagreement there. I think. We'll start with the Lakers here. I had him at two. You had him at one. I posed this question to you at the beginning of the podcast when we were, you know, so eager to get into the Lakers and how fascinating of a team they are this year. Um, I think Russell Westbrook was a, a regular season addition more, more than a playoff addition. And, you know, yeah. I think – I don't know if the necessarily Lakers see it that way or the Lakers fans see it that way, but I see Russ as a guy who can really take some of the load off of LeBron and AD during the regular season, be another ball handler, you know, set up other guys, you know, you know, be another top end star and a guy that we've seen dominate the NBA regular season statistically for the last yeah. 10 years. Uh, I, I think bringing that in is going to really over the course of the season when they're trying to manage everything, get to the playoffs. I think he's going to make them really dangerous in the regular season. And the players they brought in, all their flaws that we're talking about, I mean, they just brought in shooting and like shot creation. Yeah. The, those flaws are not as magnified in the regular season. Like a, a Carmelo Anthony, I think is going to be lethal offensively in the regular season in the Lakers uniform. Malik Monk, I mean, how many spot up looks is he going to get off LeBron pick and roll with AD? I mean, I, I like what they did for the regular season. I think the, I still have questions about them for the playoffs. Now those questions yeah. are partially alleviated because LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I still think they're a championship contender. Um, but I think in the regular season, this Russ edition and some of these moves are really going to work out well. So I had them at two. That would be, you know, five spots higher than last year. You had them all the way at one. So why are you so high on the Lakers for next year? Yeah, I think that the depth that they've added on this roster, like you talked about with the shooting, I think Wayne Ellington is a guy that we talked yep. about last season, one of the best shooters, underrated shooters in the league. Um, I, I think that if he's in the starting rotation or maybe that first or second guy off the bench, I think that's going to be really big for them as LeBron and AD have the ball to have those, those, those kick-out looks for a guy like Wayne Ellington. I think Dwight getting Dwight Howard back as your backup, sorry, the backup center position, I think is big for them. Also, uh, you added DeAndre Jordan. We're not sure how much how many minutes he's going to get. Um, but Malik Monk and I think the one signing that I really love for this team was Kendrick Nunn, and being in that second unit, I think that if he's able to kind of command it and and you know have some of these other guys that are around him that are going to be in that second unit with Carmelo Anthony the scoring is going to be there for them. I think it's going to be about that second unit buying in on the defensive end. But, I mean, we, we kind of just rattle off the names here. They've got Rondo back. You know, if Rondo is able to be that guy in the playoffs like he was for the Lakers when they won the championship in the bubble, um, it's going to be really hard to compete or trying to beat this Lakers team when you have those veteran and high IQ guys on this roster. So, for me, I, I think I agree with you with what you said about Westbrook, that bringing him in to be that regular season guy and kind of taking that pressure – off of LeBron James and Anthony Davis so they don't have to put too many miles on their legs and be ready for the uh, postseason. But again, I feel like this is a very deep roster at that at the at the role position. And when you have two of the five best players in the NBA on your roster, you're always going to have a chance to be the number one seed and it, uh, obviously make a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
I'm I'm just so pumped to see how this how this team looks. I mean, they're gonna be yeah, that's a key part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm just gonna be excited. And obviously Ben Simmons and this can be two huge stories going into the regular season. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz for a little bit. Um, they kind of fumbled a little bit in the playoffs last year, lose to the Jazz, uh, to the Clippers without Kawhi. Now a lot of people will bring up the Donovan Mitchell ankle injury. Mike Conley mm-hmm. wasn't totally healthy, but for the Jazz, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on them to make a deep playoff run this year. And the kind of patience I'm guessing is wearing thin of regular season success without playoff success, kind of similar to the Bucks prior to them getting their ring. Um, but I think it's easy to forget they were just a ridiculously dominant regular season team last year, super deep Rudy Gobert defensively in the regular season, an absolute menace. And what they had, I mean, they had the best point differential in the NBA by a wide margin in the regular season. Yeah. So I had them at one, you had them at two. Um, I'm, I, I think I'm pretty high in the jazz in the regular season. My only concern is do they have a bucks type season where they kind of don't take the regular season as seriously because they know the only thing they can prove uh, to themselves and to the fans and the rest of the NBA is not going to take place until we get to the playoffs. I think with the Jazz, they uh, they probably need to get that that home court advantage at least through if they get to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, kind of looking at this roster and at some of the salaries, do you think this is a good landing spot for Ben Simmons? That's fascinating. I I hadn't thought about that, but that that could be a very interesting spot. I mean, I wonder how the fit would be with Rudy Gobert. But yeah, if you're if you're Utah and you're looking to try and make a swing for the fences, I mean, a Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell backcourt that could be really interesting and to kind of mix things up here. They've had the same formula, but and I could see the the Sixers being interested in maybe you know a Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson and Bogdanovich type situation. Yeah. But that, that's a that's a very interesting call right there. Yeah, and I think that you know this roster is. Greatly set up. They've been very, very consistent under the uh, head coach. Uh, God, what was his name? I slipped in my mind. Um, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder. Yeah. Had they been? Yeah, they've been very consistent in the regular season. You know, when he's been there. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Utah ends up as a number one seed. You know, I just feel like the 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 Lakers have and LeBron probably have something to prove and probably get that number one seed. And um, again, Donovan Mitchell. Just a fun player to watch. Maybe if he didn't have that ankle injury last season in the playoffs, were they able to beat the Clippers? But he still played well in, in the playoffs last year. Um, you got Mike Conley back for this team. You know, Joe Ingles is still there. Um, so, you know, this, this they pretty much returned the same roster. They added Rudy Gobert. But, um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head is that they probably need to prove something in the playoffs versus a regular season. But I still think that you have to win games and secure one of these top spots in the Western Conference for you to kind of have that home court advantage where I think Utah is one of those places that has a huge home court advantage, especially in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how the season kind of unfolds for the uh, for the for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting season because they again, like I said, they they. You know, if they get the one seed, like no one's going to even look at that as as a big accomplishment, right? They've done that. It's, it's yeah. time for them to advance, you know, to the conference finals, and and I think it's time for them to make the championship. Now, I don't think that's an expectation that either of us have. But if you're a jazz, it's sitting in the jazz locker room right now. You're like, I think it's like you got we we want to we want to win the ring this year. Um, yeah. I like the Rudy Gay acquisition. I think he's going to be really good for them, especially in the playoffs. Have another kind of option on the wing. Jared Butler, someone I know you like a lot. Um, so I'm intrigued by this team. I think they're going to be another really interesting Eric team. Pascal. Eric Pascal. Yeah. Another guy who really close with Donovan yeah. Mitchell, I believe And Donovan Mitchell, you know, he, he's continued to just, I think really just 
quiet his doubters at every stage. I mean, he's so good in the yeah. playoffs, uh, and, and he's a certified, uh, you know, bucket getter uh, yeah. in the regular season and the playoffs. But w- what he's shown in the playoffs at a, at a young age, really impressive. But so I had the Jazz at one. Um, that was a lot of fun. I mean, a, a, any any takeaways yeah. from the Western Conference? I think there's a definitely a, some interesting tiers here. I think I would probably have the Lakers and Jazz maybe in a tier of their own. Then maybe the mm-hmm. Suns, uh, you know, Suns, Blazers, Warriors type Denver. Um, you know, I think two through eight is or, or three through eight is kind of a jumble for both of us. Um, any other takeaways in the Western Conference? No, I think we we covered pretty much everything. I think for maybe a team out out of the Lakers, is there going to be a team that kind of steps up and swings for the fences to get another yeah. star, maybe like Simmons or somebody else that may be available from the Eastern Conference or maybe even the Western Conference? Who knows? But um, yeah, definitely excited. I think that the Western Conference, I think there's a power shift now from the West to the East because I think the West may be a little m- more wide open than that of the Eastern Conference. But um, no, I'm excited, man. I think this is going to be a great season again. Um, a lot of storylines that we're going to be keeping an eye on uh, throughout the season and as we approach training camp. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, and obviously the Kawhi Leonard and Jamal Murray knee injuries are going to factor into this heavily. Heavily, yeah. you know, the Clay Thompson 100%. situation is going to be a big issue. Kristaps Porzingis, can he come back healthy? I mean, that's going to be another big question. If he does, that could change things a lot. So, a um, lot of interesting uh, health variables, but very, very fun podcast. They, you know, the Ben Simmons thing, really fun to talk about. And these uh, conference breakdowns have been a lot of fun. Um, Munaf, where can people find you on Twitter? What do you have locked up for uh, NFL? I guess week three coming up. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at SportsNerd824. Um, NFL season, uh, we will be dropping a prop cast for week three for Thursday night football between Dan and myself, and then uh, Friday evening for the Sunday game. So look out for that. I'll have a, a player props article posted for Thursday night also. And for NBA, we're, we're grinding out these uh, NBA team previews like we did for the NFL season. So I know we already dropped the Rockets. Uh, yeah. And I believe Jeff did the uh, Detroit one. So we're working our way from 30 all the way up to number one in the, in the, as we approach the season. So uh, a lot of content coming out on both uh, NFL and NBA for the regular seasons. So definitely head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com to, uh, to definitely check out what's going on there. Yeah, definitely uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You can also find those in the SGPN app if you don't have that downloaded yet. Yep. Um, and then get it on the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. You can find me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Fun show today. We'll be back next week. And then uh, definitely check out Munoz previews at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So with that, good luck with your NFL bets. Ryder Cup this weekend. I'm pumped up for that. Um, yep. So uh, college football week four, NFL week three. Let it ride, everybody. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go.